Back dudes and do that to another episode of the Whether You Wanna Call a Podcast with your host, me, Marquise Nash. In today's episode, we're gonna talk about a thing that not even think it's a word, it's a phrase, it's whatever you wanna call it. But today's episode, we're gonna talk about respect. It's and it's been a phrase that we always use in a today's society called I mean not called, but it's like a phrase said people say it's called respect is not earned, it's given. And yesterday, not even yesterday, it was the day before yesterday, we got a little example of what what I mean by respect is earned, not given. And I think the, the basic, just to sum it up, the kid was basically talking stuff. Of course, I think it's just normal people. Sometimes you think it's just competitiveness, and you're like, okay, whatever, they're just talking. And the the boy or whatever, I don't know the guys, I'm not going to say the guy's, the boy's name because, I don't think he deserves that much credit or whatever. I don't think he's deserved the media attention, but we're going to talk about it since I love talking about controversial things on this episode or whatever of, of this, especially this episode of the whatever you want to call a podcast. But yeah, basically the guy was just saying stuff and talking stuff and telling Cam Noon basically, oh, you're a free agent. You're going to be broke and all this stuff. And then kind of Cam Noon originally kind of went back and forth with him and was like, yeah, I'm rich, I'm rich. And then eventually he kind of, he kind of like was like, wait, I'm talking to a little kid. I'm I'm like thirty something and probably thirty or my or my late twenties. And this guy is not even out of high school yet. And I'm talking to him like he's a grown kid. I mean, like a grown person. And then then uh, then eventually he kind of said, okay, wait, let me talk to your father. Let me talk to your father. And then and eventually they kind of resolved the problem. But the guy, the kid, eventually apologized after the immediate storm of blitz of uh, of of people went out of him or went at his family. And now it's kind of like, it's like some, it's simmered down a little bit. Of course, I'm a little late on it, but it's simmered down a little bit. But man, like that was just what I mean. The disrespect in that video was just on an all time high. Like it was just, it didn't make any sense. Like yesterday, I, was, I mean, not yesterday, but I think it was the day before yesterday. The disrespect in that video was, it was just ridiculous. It was just, it didn't make sense. It, I don't know what the kid was thinking. That the, the first of all, to be in the presence of a, I don't matter if he's a free agent or not. To be in a place like that, you're first of all, you gotta realize he had doesn't have to be there. He's a sponsor for you for some of these 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 uh these programs they do with these kids or these seven on sevens these uh programs to do to help these kids or whatever. He doesn't have to be there. So in order for you, like when you do when you have a a guy like that in your presence. That's like, for example, if I'm going to be an actor, and I, and I did my and my professor is like Denzel Washington or something like that. I start saying, "Oh, Denzel Washington, you suck. You suck. You ain't no good actor." And it's like, "What are you saying that for? Are you you only broke? You ain't been in movies in a while. You broke. You 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 only broke in a minute. Whatever is going at him." And it's like, "Bro, no matter if he's a, if he he wasn't doing any movies now or or whatever." It doesn't really matter. He was. He's. He's where you want to go. And and the thing about it is, the thing about it is that 
not only was it disrespectful, but it, and that it was outright ridiculous, is that, first of all, you're a kid, first of all, and you're talking to a grown adult. And I always was taught, and this is about me, me, but I was always taught, stay out of grown people's business. That one, that was one. And then two, it was like, when you're a kid, stay in a kid's place, stay in a child's place. And that child is saying, of course, he's like, oh, my competitiveness, my his excuse was, oh, my competitiveness kind of got to me. No, that's, it's called competitiveness. It's the difference between competitiveness and disrespect. That was, it, and that was torn, it wasn't even torn a line. It was already past the line. That was straight up disrespect. And for me, it was just like, it, that just, it just felt like, it was like, it, it, I know for a fact, my mom would have been like, just looking at me, like, yeah, I wish that was you. Like, it was like, my my mom probably got flashbacks of me being respectful. Like, okay, I, I, my mom didn't probably watch it, but I know if my mom watched it, she'd be like, oh, what are you, you know, good old butt whooping. Like, it just, it just, that, it just felt, I just felt almost, I ain't gonna say sad for the kid, but it just felt like, man, like, what, what are you, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing, bro? Like, it's, it doesn't make sense for you to even do that, bro. Like, it's, it's this guy, you have a future Hall of Famer, because he's probably going to be a Hall of, most likely going to be a Hall of Famer. You have a future Hall of Famer in your grasp, and you are just mocking him, basically, in a sense. And you have that kind of a caliber guy in your presence, and you're, like, mocking him. Like, you should be trying to, like, you know, things like, stuff like this is a reason why sometimes some of these kids don't get placed because they 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 have a chance to be great, but they're not humble. And sometimes I I hate the word humble because it's kind of a double meaning sometimes because I sometimes hate being humble because sometimes it's like when you're a good player and they always tell you, oh, you got to be humble. It's like almost, well, I got to be humble when I'm good. But then when I'm bad, it's like, okay, whatever. They just kind of tell you, you got to be great. But then when you're so good, it's like, oh, be humble, be humble. So it's kind of like, to me, it's like a double meaning sometimes. I hate kind of being humble sometimes, but at the same time, it's like when you have a person like that in your presence, you should be trying to soak up game. You should be trying to ch- try to say, okay, well, I'm gonna find out what you, how you get to the NFL. Okay, so what, what, what endorsements can I get before I get to the, the NBA? Like, you never know. You can get any kind of. You never know what kind of people were in in the building when Camel was in the building, and they saw that. And you, and you never know what could have happened there. Like you could have probably had a chance to get a million dollars right there, a million dollar or two million dollar endorsement there, and then you mess it up just by them being disrespectful to Cam Newton. So it's like some of some of these kids nowadays, and I'm part of this generation, so I gotta I take responsibility. But I'm not gonna take responsibility because those are outliers. It's not everybody. We're in. A, we always been called the microwave generation, and I want to speak on that. I. I kind of hate when they, it's offensive for me, I feel like, to call us the microwave generation. I feel like, in a sense, I feel like it is. And it's, I don't, I'm thinking about sports too and like real life, but I hate that phrase, the microwave generation. I kind of feel offended a little bit because I don't even think it's like, in a sense, like you were saying we're the microwave generation in a sense of like, oh, okay, well, the microwave generation, we want it now, we want it now. I think it's just, we're not waiting that long to to get where we need to go. Like if we want to be something, if we want to be football players, we're like, okay, we're not going to go to college and stay there for a whole year or whatever. We're going to go overseas. Or, like, for example, even basketball. Like, for example, how some of these basketball players are just opting out and say, okay, I don't want to play basketball. I want to go, go overseas and make some money, and then, I, then I'll play in the, in the NBA. And some of these college coaches are always getting offended and, 
saying, oh, they shouldn't do that. No, that's their that's their right to do that. And I think now nowadays it's starting to kind of it's a wave. It's almost it's like a tidal wave right now. It's not a a tsunami right now, but it's a tidal wave. It's almost like a like it's almost like a little a little wave that's happening where kids are starting to put their decisions on where they want to go to college really in their hands right away, right fast. And I think that's the wave that LeBron kind of put on people now to start to say we have ownership on for our own selves right away. And I think that kind of wave kind of messes up college football, college basketball and college football or even college sports because now it's like you have to start thinking about paying these college kids instead of college athletes, instead of just saying, okay, we're going to, even though because it's like so many teams, it's been so great because of just because of these players. Like for example, Alabama. Alabama has number one picks every year. If you're that great and you're that good, you can go to any school you want to and be great. Like that's really what it is. You don't have to go to Alabama to be great. You can go to Alabama State or Alabama A and M and be still great if you're a good player like that. If you're that transcendent, you can go to any school and you'll be great. So for me, it's like this wave of like, uh, of, of our gen, my generation is kind of like, I, that's why I hate the word microwave generation because it's not that we're want, we want it fast. I think it's just, we're not waiting that long. We're not trying to wait 10, 15 years to become millionaires. We're like, okay, if I can be a millionaire at 20, 25, I will. Or if I can be a millionaire by, by the age 30, I will. I don't want to wait until I'm 55, 45 to I finally realize, oh yeah, I can be a millionaire now. No, I'm a I'ma do it now. I'm make my I'm a real generational wealth now. Cause I think that's big, especially in our generation. I don't I mean our generation, I mean the black gener our, my black community, it's generational wealth has been we first of all, we've been we've been deprived of trying to build generational wealth in our community community. So it, even the simple fact of just us getting a little bit of money and not spending it and just saving it and saving it and saving it and building generational wealth helps us a lot in our, especially helps our community because now it realizes you got people like Drew Howard that's giving back and giving back to the, the uh, black community or whatever. You got people like, uh, like certain people that come in our that, that are, that live or certain athletes like LeBron James that could gives back to his community or whatever. You have people like that that gives back to the community, the black community that deserves it, that deserves something because we know now the government ain't gonna give us nothing. I mean, I'm just saying I don't want to be political on my podcast, but it's a it's a controversial podcast, so whatever. I could be controversial just today. But um, yeah, it's just like I feel like for me, uh, and I don't wanna be I don't wanna go on like a, a rant because I wanna go into what I want to talk about today, but I mean, it's respect. We talking about football. We talking about sports. But um, yeah, today, y'all, like um, before I even go to go into more into my rant, I want to give you some breaking news. We got uh, some breaking news in basketball. I mean, not really breaking news, really, but it's breaking news in the sense of like uh, it can it can be big uh, later on. Demarcus Cousins has gotten waived from the Rockets. Um, it's mutual. It's a mutual waving. So Demarcus Cousins wants to get waived. So that's what or something. And also, Quinn Cook has gotten waived from the Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers. So I mean, that's that could be something. 
um, DeMarcus Cousins. I, I got like I was really interested, and that's why I kind of started my podcast a little late. I usually started around 9, 9.30. I started around like 9. I usually start my podcast around 9, 9.30 because I usually know what I want to talk about today. But I started around like 11. So, like, I'm thinking, like, okay, I don't really know. I, I knew what I wanted to talk about today, but it was like a really – I was really contemplating and thinking of what I wanted to like really speak about today and where you want to speak on today. And I really was uh just thinking on like how good like my life is and how I'm I'm doing great in my life. But in a sense of like I could well the topic for today's episode was respect. And uh it just it makes me think about like how even with Draymond Green, what he spoke about, and I I, I spoke about it a little bit. Uh, my last podcast about what Draymond Green said about respect, and I, I'm gonna go back to into respect, even going the simple fact of this uh, ownership, uh, owner, these owners in the NBA and the NFL that don't, and I feel like they don't show respect to some of these players. They don't at all because it's a, it's a double standard. It's really is a truly a, it's a double standard with these owners where they like they say or they get pissed at you when you decide. I want to leave in free agency, and they like. Oh, then us fans, we don't understand that part. We don't understand the players' part, but we go and go in the media. I ain't gonna say the media because sometimes the media doesn't do it. It's just the narrative of the ownership sometimes puts that out there. The narrative that oh, this player is selfish because he wants this amount of money, but it's like why does he deserve this amount of money if he if he's doing the bulk of the work or he does most of the work? Why can't he get that much amount of money? Or whatever, and it's like, what do you expect for a person like a LeBron type of caliber player to do when you're not giving him any any way to win a championship? Because at the end of the day, that's why they come into the NBA. They don't come to the NBA just to make money. Of course, they want to make money, but at the end of the day, what you do, you're wanting you want to get to the highest level, and the highest level is winning the NBA championship. So at the end of the day, when you tell these players, "Oh, we we got to do this," or we, we they don't give you the right tools to build a team or to make a team out of to make a championship team it really pisses me off especially as a Packers fan because I'm a Packers fan a diehard Packers fan you probably noticed by now I didn't talked about Pack, the Green Bay Packers up and down and speaking of the Green Bay Packers though speaking of that man they have a really big decision with Aaron Jones I don't know if they're going to re-sign Aaron Jones or they're going to uh I think they're going to re-sign him or he's going to re-sign himself or are they going to give him a franchise tag? This is going to be a big moment for the Packers if they really want Aaron Rodgers to be there long term. This is a big moment for the Packers. Not only because because I think Aaron Jones is a really big part of that offensive firepower that Aaron, Rod- Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have, but also it's just I think Aaron Jones is a one of them running backs that you you're not going to get you're rarely going to get. It's like a light in a bottle. You're not going to get a lot of them. And I think the leverage is on the Packers right now because at the end of the day, if you're if you're a Packers, you're looking at Aaron Jones like you should, should sign because I think when I think I I checked the the uh, the news on it, the updates on it, and they actually the money he was gonna get, they said he was gonna be the top a top five running backs making uh of the most money. So I think that that would be good for Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones right now it's it's even right now because I think. For me, the Green Bay, said the Green Bay Packers have the leverage right now. They they might they they have the leverage or a little bit right now because just on the simple fact, most of the team I'll say eighty percent of the team that are looking at Aaron Jones are not playoff teams. They're like rebuilding, and then I think 
the other five percent is probably the other five percent is probably like teams that are that are still they they are you're one of the pieces, but they still need some pieces to still be a a team. And then the other the rest is probably just is the teams that are in the playoffs, which I think they Aaron Jones will be like go for. But at the end of the day, I think Jamal Williams. I think you got to pay him about five million a year. He'll be satisfied because he'll be yeah he'll be satisfied. But Aaron Jones, you have to pay big money for him. He didn't got two years where he had a thousand yard rushing season. So you got to pay the man. You got to pay the man. So for me, I, I, that's all I got to speak about the Green Packers. But um, yeah, speaking going back to respect the respect factor. Um, yeah, like I said before, it's like the respect in the in especially in the NFL. NFL really doesn't respect their players at all, and we see it. I like a great uh, Dallas Cowboys man. Like there's a disrespect in that building. It's just on an all time high. Like it's just, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's it's not even. It doesn't make sense. It, it it's it it confuses me. Like because it's at the end of the day, it's like okay, you don't sign Dak, and it's like okay, what are you going for? Because it's like you sign your running back that's over out out, out of shape, hasn't had a has, hasn't had his year. That he should have last year. I mean, let alone, of course, their offensive line was banged up a little bit. But even when their offensive line was healthy, they wasn't doing anything. That wide receiving core is pretty decent. I mean, they really didn't even need to get a wide receiver. I think that was just they got. They really didn't even need Ceedee Lamb, really, if you really want to tell the truth. They just got him because he was there. It's something like you know how the phrase when people say too much of a good thing is bad. That's what it is with the Cowboys. They got too much. They, they tried to get too much. Oh, we got to get another wide receiver. No, you don't. You need a some defense. You need another uh, middle linebacker. You don't need. You need another pass rusher. I mean, you don't need a, a wide receiver. And it was just like Jerry Jones just saw it, and you saw C.D. Lamb and the potential of C.D. Lamb. They was like, okay, we can just grab him because he's there. No, don't grab. You don't need him. And it's just it didn't make sense, but it's whatever. But man, y'all, it was just it was it was just it didn't make sense. Like the the disrespect in the NFL, like the disrespect in the NFL, the NBA is kind of. You have some NBA owners that are so disrespectful to their players, but in in reading about being a disrespect, I don't mean disrespect in the sense of like they don't say nothing or they talk bad about them. I'm talking about disrespect in the simple fact that they don't like people like the Atlanta Hawks that have they're doing better, but like teams like that where, or like even the Washington Wizards where they don't put people around Bradley Bill. I mean Russell Wizard is nice, but we know that's not gonna last long. In the playoffs, he might he, he he's gonna flatten out a little bit, um, and then you got like teams like the Knicks for a while. I mean, they're I think they're getting better too. And watch out for the Knicks, people. The Knicks are looking good this year. I mean, they might barely make the playoffs, but they're gonna make the playoffs this year. I I, I truly feel like that's my hot take for today. Is uh the Knicks are gonna make the playoffs this year? I don't know what record they're gonna be at, but they might make the playoffs this year. It's a possibility. The Knicks are not the same old Knicks. They're they playing well. I mean, Tom Thibodeau got Derrick Rose there. I mean, they're they're playing well, so they they have a chance with Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau is one of the. I think he's a good a good coach, a good hardworking coach. He plays his player. His players play for him. That's the thing. As a coach, you that's what's one thing you want to do is one you want your players to play for you. Like you don't want your players to give up on you fast. And I think that's what happened with um certain teams. Where they just they they play their players just gave up on it like okay I don't want to play this no more like they just gave up and you can tell 
in the like how they play. You could tell when somebody give up on a their coach coaching when they just like I don't want to play this do this no more. The Cowboys players done that. The Cowboys, you could tell the Cowboys, especially the end of the end of uh, when Jerry Jones before uh, Jason Garrett got fired. That's you could tell the players kind of like gave up on Jason Garrett. I mean, crazy thing, Jason Garrett was on the Giants and he did they did pretty decent last year. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs, but they did pretty decent last year in the game that they played when they were playing really good. Man, but uh, yeah, it's just I and Mike McCarthy. I'm not even. A, I'm actually a crazy thing is I'm a big fan of Mike McCarthy. I loved him when he's in Green Bay, but of course every marriage is not going to last long. Everything, I mean, every marriage in the NFL is not going to last long. Every coaching thing is coaching. Uh, is every co- coaching in the NFL is not going to last long. Eventually, you're going to have to move on with some of these coaching coaches. Uh, so and it's just I I it's, and I was speaking about coaching a little bit like like two weeks ago about coaching and how some of these black coaches don't get chances and stuff. And I don't really want to talk about it because it's like, oh my God, it's like being a dead horse. It's not going to work. It's not going to, it's not even, it's not even going to move anything. I really don't think it it is. The reason why I talk about this is because I want to bring awareness. I want people to know because some people don't know this. Some people don't know how much a a disparity in black coaches in the NFL. And it's just, it just, it makes no sense. But I mean, it's something that I think we need to move on with, and we need something that they need to like do something about because it's not, it's not even like in it. I talked about the Rooney Rule. I think I, I probably like eight episodes ago about the Rooney Rule and how it's like it's like a almost like a quota to make to make sure that you interview black coaches, which is stupid because it's like why do I have to why do I have to make up a rule just for you to see that I'm a good coach. Like, it doesn't make sense. You can bring all these white college coaches, but there's no nothing bad about them, but you bring these white uh, young coaches in, which we have one of them white, co- white young coaches that we have, but you bring these white coaches in and then they don't do that well, and then, and then you expect them to, and then, first of all, you put them in, you put, and when, when these black coaches do get a chance, you put them in bad situations and then make them, and force them to say, okay, now fix it. Like, for example, you just, you got to, the team like the Jets, you tell Dow Balls go to you. You bring Dow Balls to the Jets, and then you say, "Okay, now go play. Now go fix the team." Or you already kind of fucked it up already. You didn't mess it up, and now it's a shithole now. And the Jets are like the laughing stock of New York. And the crazy thing is, the Giants ain't. The Giants are not even the laughing stock of New York. It's and the crazy thing is, the Knicks ain't either. It's the Jets. The Jets are the laughing stock of New York. It's not the Knicks. And it's not the. Giants, it's the Jets. They are the laughing stock in New York or slash New Jersey or whatever. But man, it's just the that's what and that you know, that pisses me off really. And it makes me off to the to, to the core because at the end of the day, I'm a, of course I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, but at the same time I'm a football fan. And I I want to see some of these players be successful. I want to see some of these players like Frank Gore that have played their career out and win and finally win a championship. I want to see that, but when you have terrible coaching and terrible ownership and terrible GM, and you have a terrible GM, it doesn't work. It's going to always be terrible. And like I said, it starts with the top. It starts with the ownership. Some of these owners need to just go on and just go on at night and go on and go on and retire because y- y'all are not right. It's still old school. They're still thinking, of, oh, it's the older times where they can just say anything and do anything they want to and not get repercussions about it like or not get something – told about it like it's 
it makes no sense. And it's just it's just pissing me off a little bit. But man, that's all I want to speak about the, about the NFL and I or respect the respect factor. But um today, or of course, before I leave though, we gotta go over these NBA scores. Man, it was a lot of NBA games on yesterday. I was watching them. Um, so but I will let's go over these NBA scores while we at it. Let's go, let's do it. For the first score, uh they got the Chicago Bulls beating the well, Houston Rockets 120 to 100. You got the Grizzlies beat not the Grizzlies, you got the Grizzlies losing against the Mavericks 102 to 92. You got the Portland Trailblazers losing against the Phoenix Suns 132 to 100. You got the Thunder losing against the Heat 108 to 94. And then you got the Hornets, the the now let's say Charlotte Hornets. Is it Charlotte Hornets? Yeah, this is Charlotte Hornets. You got the Charlotte Hornets losing against the Utah Jazz 132-110. to And then you got the Lakers losing in overtime against the Washington Wizards 127-124. to I mean, uh, so let's speak on some of these scores. Let's go over some of these scores. You got the Bulls and the Rockets. The Rockets are really in rebuild mode really right now. I don't even think they're trying to make the playoffs. I think they're just in rebuild mode right now. Ever since they lost Christian Wood, I kind of they they kind of fell off a little bit. I mean, Christian Wood was a big big thing for them, right? Well, right there. But ever since they lost Christian Wood, I think that's when they kind of fell off the face of the earth a little bit. They they were actually kind of looked like they was rolling or whatever. But yeah, they ever since they lost Christian Wood, I mean, they they they've been falling a little bit. Um, and then you got the Grizzlies beating the map, the Mavericks losing against the Mavericks winning actually against the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are like they're still like a in rebuild mode, not rebuild mode. They're still in like they're young, really young as at that. With Jaron Jackson and John Morant, they're young, so they they're still kind of like in that mode. They don't they really have don't have a full team right now. They have certain pieces, but they can right now they just got to build and draft, build in the draft, and play hard, and they'll they'll eventually get to. A, like a Lakers level or a Clippers level or even a Utah Jazz level. Um, and then you got the Phoenix Suns beating the Toronto Trailblazers 132 to uh, 100. The Toronto has been struggling. They're one of them teams where they're going to fight. They're going to fight hard, but you can ultimately beat them because they don't have – Nurkic is out and CJ McCullough is out. So they don't have either – they don't have scoring or they don't have a lot of defense. They don't have the defense to speak of even with Nurkic in there, but – Narcan would at least help them help them shot blocking a little bit. But yeah, they don't really they're really been struggling right now. They've been they beat some teams and then they'll get losing in some teams. So ultimately you just gotta kinda like find a find your way with them. You kinda gotta like just uh, like you gotta kinda guess really because like I said, CJ McCullough is out, Nurkins is out, so it's like really up and down. I think Riding Hill, I don't know if Riding Hill was out too, but yeah, they they've been they missing a lot of people. Um, then you got the Heat when they get the Thunder. The Heat are like the Heat win games like this, of course, of course, because the Heat are I still they're they're good, they're decent, but they're not gonna probably do anything in the playoffs. It's just I'm just saying they're not. They that that shit was kind of fluky. We just all we want we want to say it, but it's just I don't want to be offensive to Jimmy Butler because Jimmy Butler is playing his butt off this year. I mean, you got Bam out of Bayou, he's doing his thing. But I mean, they're not the same. They're not the same team that was last year. And I think it was like I said, it was fluky last year. I mean, you got a lot of good teams in the East that are really good this year. You got the Milwaukee Bucks, even though they've been struggling, they're gonna get back to terms and they're gonna get back to regular. You got the Nets; they're great this year. They're they're exploding. They're 
doing their thing. You got Philadelphia 76ers. They're doing their thing. So you got to really think about it. They're probably going to be in the same spot they were last year. But it's going to be way difficult, way more difficult So to even make the get past the first round. So it's it's, it's going to be amazing. They might make the second round. You never know. Jimmy Butler, you never know what Jimmy Butler can do when he's motivated. So, like, I'm not going to ever, like, doubt him because Jimmy Butler, he's going to get buckets. That's that's what I know about him. He gonna get buckets. So it's and speaking of get buck getting buckets, um, <laughs> uh, the Hornets, the Jazz been getting buckets against everybody. Utah Jazz won one thirty two to one ten against the 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 young uh, Charlotte Hornets, the Michael Jordan owned Hornets. So man, yeah, it's like they've been uh, they've been they've been really hot right now. I mean, the Utah Jazz been balling. Like I said before about some of these teams, like. Even if we're gonna talk about the Nets in a minute, but um, yeah, speaking of, I don't really believe them yet. They got to prove it in the playoffs because really, if you really think about it, and people want to, I, I think people want to put stock into the Utah Jazz and say, I mean, Utah Jazz is a team to beat. I don't want to put, I'm not gonna put stock in them yet, not yet, because I think they got to prove it in the playoffs. Because really, if you really want to tell the truth, it's the top. If you're looking at the top four teams in the East and the West, the top four teams in the West is of course you got the Lakers, the Utah Jazz, Nuggets. And then it's like one other outlier. You can put Phoenix in there. You can put I'm gonna put Phoenix in there because Phoenix has been balling. So you put Phoenix in there. The really the only only team in the West that you, that's been proven is the Lakers. And then you look in the East, it really ain't nobody really proven yet. I mean, you got t- t- players that have won rings on the teams that I mean on the S specifically. You have players that have won rings, but they haven't. I mean, as a team, as playing as a Nets. They haven't proved it yet, so I'm not going to give put stock into the Nets yet until I see a playoff game or a playoff series like that, and see how they play off in a playoff series against these uh the the teams they play. So to me, I'm not going to give them put stock into them yet. But um, it's it's, it's the Nets are really good though. They, I'm not going to lie, the Nets are really good. If they get clicking, man, and they figure out what they need to figure out, which I think they already have, they're going to be a problem. Are they going to be a problem for the Milwaukee Bucks? That that's gonna be a problem, but I think ultimately the Bucks have. If you really want to think about it, because people I think already kind of putting stock into the Nets going to the championship, but I will I will pack, uh, uh break my pedal a little bit. I mean, because I don't think I'm not gonna break break put brakes on that a little bit because I don't think it's gonna be that easy when he plays like a team like Philly or Milwaukee. You know, Milwaukee. Like I can say even though Milwaukee's been struggling, but I I I test that on Drew Holiday not being there, and I'll speak that speak on that a little bit later, but. Um. Yeah. So it's the two. Those are, I think the two teams that are pro- that are can cause uh, the Nets a little bit of problems, and that's because they two the two things they struggle with is the two things that Philly and the Milwaukee actually thrive in, and that's defense and rebounding. And it can be defense rebounding or offensive rebounding, which means is when you miss, they get rebounds, or when you or when they miss, they get rebounds, or they get second chance points. So I think that's that's a big thing for the Nets that they're gonna have to figure out. And D Cuz has been a free agent. I think that's gonna probably solve it a little bit, or Andre Drummond, whichever, either or. I think it's gonna solve that a little bit. But um, as of right now, their roster is right now they're going to the playoffs. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna put stock in them, but I don't. I'm not gonna put a lot of stock in them making it to the finals just on a simple fact that I, they haven't proved it yet. I mean, Katie's has proved it, yet, proved it a little bit. Kyrie has proved it somewhat, but we, uh, as of late, I mean, in the past two years, ever since you lost, ever since he left Cleveland, 
He hasn't really, uh, Kyrie hasn't really done anything. And James Harden, we already know his history. He's always plays well in the regular season, and he falls flat a little bit, and he gets tired or something like that in in the playoffs. So, and then it, it's really up in the air. KD is like the only outlier that I think we don't really have to worry about. Is everybody else really on the net? Everybody else, if they gonna come out and ball, and they gonna come out and do their thing, or is they gonna come out flat and or succumb to the pressure? So for me, I, that's what I feel about. The Nets and that little whole rank because people kind of was like, oh my God, the Nets, the Nets, the Nets. And it's like this wave of, oh, Brooklyn Nets went. I think, too, when we see something new and we see something that just seems impossible, I think sometimes people look at it and like, oh my God, we got to see that. We got to see that. And this is something that seemed impossible. You didn't expect a person like James Harden and a person like Kyrie to be on the same team. Because really, if you really want to talk about it, KD is not really going to be the problem. It's going to be either or, either Kyrie or James Harden. One or, or is going to be the problem. This might work just because they're friends and they're cool or whatever. And, J and like I said, somebody's going to have to take a backseat. Somebody's going to have to say, okay, I'm not going to score a lot of points sometimes. And that's good, that's good with me. And that's the, per the person I'm th saying is uh, uh, James Harden. And the reason why I'm saying James Harden is because he's the one that – he's a better point guard out of the two. Kyrie is more of a shooting guard kind of guy, and they, like I said, once they get rolling, they offensively they gonna get they get they do their thing. But ultimately, like I said, offensively you just not the thing you got to worry about. Like I said before, defensively is what you're gonna have to worry about with them. And you can score all you want to, you can score 115 points all you want to, but if the other team score 128, it ain't gonna really matter if you score 115. If they can score 115 too, it's like okay, what? That cancels out. And eventually, you're going to have to play some type of defense. Eventually, you're going to have to get a stop. And I think that's ultimately what I don't think KD has. He doesn't have, and it might, and I might be wrong. I might be just looking. I might be just looking on the outside in, and I might be just one person that you might not. You, and if you're a person that you say, "Oh well, I believe KD can do that," get a stop. Send me a clip. Go to my go to uh, send me a link on my Twitter at Marquise ninety five Sports. M-A-R-K-E-S-C, 95 Sports, or you can go to my Instagram, my Marquise 95 Sports, M-A-R-K-E-S-E, 95 Sports, or you can go to my Facebook page at um, the whatever you want to call it, podcast, Facebook page, and you can um, message me a link. But I don't see that. I don't see Katie giving me a stop, or I don't see James. James will get you a steal or two, but if you are if you got a good closer like, um, like, like Ben Simmons can be, if he wants to be, and you got a, a big guy like Joel Embiid that's in the paint, and DeAndre Jordan is not the same. The De and DeAndre Jordan, I will say that too. DeAndre Jordan is the X factor to this team. He's the X factor to all this. If whoever, if, if they want to get far, DeAndre Jordan is, is going to have to go back to old his old 15, 15 stats. He's going to have to do that because, like I said before, they they're not good at rebounding, so they're going to have to find some way to rebound. They're going to have to find some way to de play some defense. They can still get a strip or two, but also like just saying, okay, one on one, play defense. I don't believe in nobody on the Nets. I'm just gonna say that straight up. One on one against anybody, I'm not believing in nobody in on the Nets. I'm not believing they can get multiple stops. They can get probably one or two. But I'm just talking about consistent stops. Where like I'm talking about stops like how when uh the 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 Cleveland Cavaliers were playing the Golden State Warriors, where it was going like back and forth, back and forth for a minute. And it kind of was like a five-minute mark where they kind of like didn't nobody score. 
until LeBron kind of finally did the he got the block shot and then Kyrie made the winning shot. But it's just I don't think I don't believe in anybody. Anybody like I, said, I might be wrong. It might be a clip that's out there that that you might say, oh, well, this is just shows it, and I might be wrong, but I don't see anybody on the net that's saying oh, they're going to stop somebody one-on-one. -on -one. I don't see anybody on the net that's going to say, I can stop De I can stop uh, Jordan B. And Giannis is one of the exceptions because Giannis sometimes can flop a little bit, or he not flop, but he can not play his game a little bit. But if Giannis gets that game where he can, he does a little step-back floater, but a step-back jump shot, it's, it's over. Or he starts to post up more. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to stop Giannis on a, in a, on the boards or defensively or offensively. I don't think nobody's going to stop him at all. Giannis is going to get his 30. Drew Hardy, when he comes back, he's going to probably average about 25 or 20. Chris is going to probably average 25, 20 in the playoff. And, it just, and I think ultimately the Bucks have a low-key, a good bench. The crazy thing is, I feel like people ain't really looking at that. But they have a great bench. They have a great bench. The Nets don't. I could say if Dean Whitty was still there or Dean Whitty was playing or he wasn't injured, but I don't think they have a great bench right now. They they that's why you see them when they play their bench. They don't put they don't take the entire bench. When they take any bench, they put at least they don't take the entire starting five out. They leave they at least will keep Kyrie or James Harden or Katie in there. They won't take the entire starting five out because they know they bench will get ran out of the gym by anybody, anybody's bench right now. But for me, that's what I want to talk about today. But um, y'all, uh, before I go, I like to talk, speaking of respect, respect um, I like to give a quote on respect since we're gonna end it. Talk since I started off talking about respect, we're gonna end it with a quote regarding respect. This quote is by R. G. Rich. Rich. I'm gonna say that because I don't know how he says now. I don't want to butcher it. But the res it's called respect. Respect is a two-way street. If you want to get it, you've got to give it. And that's what I'm going to end this quote on. I'll see you guys next episode. But if you want to go listen to the episode and you want to listen to other episodes like this, you can go to my uh, the, you can go to the Stitcher app. Or if not the Stitcher app, you can go to Apple Podcasts or Apple Music. Or not having music or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, you can go to Spotify. But I'll see you guys next episode. Peace.